we get so caught up in what we think we should be. Mm-hmm. We don't focus enough on the fundamentals and that frees up your mind or just yeah. a thought. Give me a feel. Give me a thought, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And welcome aboard. Welcome back to another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Matt Cermak here. What's up, Ev? How we doing? Another train. This guy's been battling a cold for 10 days, but he still shows up. I'm a grinder. It's not COVID, guys. Just a cold. Yeah. <laughs> Always moving and grooving. I was going to clarify that as well. <laughs> Drinking kombucha. We got coffee. Taking zinc. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for hopping aboard. If you're new, uh, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. Because we believe if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We interview PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, everyday golfers like you and me, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy, help you get out of your own way, shoot your lowest scores, and enjoy the ride. We want to make the mental game more accessible and relatable. And today, first time in a while, it's just us. Yeah, right? Just a little rap session. But before we get to this episode which I'm very excited about. We actually have a new announcement. We are an official partner of the number one app in golf, 18 birdies. Okay. And I just wanted to ask you, I was thinking about this term. I wanted to ask the folks out there, wouldn't it be crazy if we all had our own caddies? Just think about if you had a caddy giving you your perfect yardage for every shot, a caddy that kept your stats, a caddy that kept track of your scores and told you where your buddies were shooting true. Like what if I had a caddy? What if I had a caddy that was like, hey, Serm just birdied, you know, number six in Chicago across the country. <laughs> um, what if my caddy even could help me with my swing? Tell me where I'm a little bit off. Tell me where, you know, I'm getting into bad habits, right? Everything. But the 18 birdies app is literally that, okay? I am so excited about this partnership because we're going to set up a par train group. I'm going to put the link in our show notes. It's also going to be linked in our uh, on our Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and our bio, you can join the group there. But Serm, I don't know if you see this too, but a lot of people DM us their scorecards. Yeah. Right. They, yep. they send us their scorecard about maybe going on a few bad holes and bouncing back. They send us their scorecard for riding the par train for three or four holes, maybe nine holes, you yeah, know, streaks. And I thought those messages are great. I love them. But how Keep cool would it be? If we are all in a group and we can see leaderboards of who's performing great this weekend or have some banter, you know, connect more on our games. But also, guys, the 18 Birdies app is they've got a free trial. So you join that free trial and you get to test all the premium tools. Sir, I don't know about you, but sometimes I miss the fairway by like 40 yards and I'm oh, in really? these trees. Interesting. And I can't shoot the pin, right? I pull out yeah. my 18 Birdies app, it tells me how far I am, what the yardage actually so like the actual yardage but what it's playing it even gives Mm -hmm. me wind mile per hour direction i feel like i'm cheating out there with the 18 birdies no and ev for the listeners are you using it from your watch or from your phone or phone you know yeah now i will say some people get a little concerned like i don't want to be on my phone during the round right right? especially if you got the music going you know right but it is really easy to just pull out the phone for a second, just look at your it yardage. Is. 
or on the T box it, before it, you get out and look ha- at the shape it, of the hole. And it pulls up really quickly too. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's very good. quick. And also it's super easy to like enter your score and your stats after you get back in the cart or after you, you know, get back to your bag if you're walking. So do us a favor guys. I really think, I mean, there's no better combo. It's the number one app in golf. So, you know, they're yeah. proven, you know, millions of people use it. The cool thing is to be able to join our group and our community, but also like get the tools to help your game. So exactly. go to the link in our show notes, enter the free trial, join our group, and let's start seeing who leads the pack each week. I love this. Make a little competition here. Yeah. So, Sir, we were talking about what we wanted this episode to be, yep. and um, I actually am really excited about where we landed because I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this. We always ask, like, what would you tell your younger self, right? Well, we're going to spend some time reflecting on kind of our younger golfer. What have we learned from when we started to maybe when we got to our lowest handicap to maybe when we ballooned back up, right? Mm -hmm. Who were we? Who are we trying to be? What were the lessons and the things that we were focusing on? I think a lot of people could benefit from this. Absolutely. And all the different stages maybe of your life, right? We can kind of get into and where your game was at at this point, to this point, to this yep. point, kind of good, bad, and different. No, this is going to be fun. Well, let's just jump in. Maybe we'll start with you, Sarm, because, you know, if people that, I know people that have been listening to the show for a while um, know your, your background. I mean, Sarm's got a pretty unique upbringing, right? One of four boys, all the boys played D1 college golf. So as, as golf of a fi- golfing family as you can really get, right? And yep. I've never really asked you this, Serm, but I forget where you are in the ranks of age oh. of your brothers. Uh, Number two. Was it a foregone conclusion that you were going to play? Did you feel pressure to be good? Did that help you? Like, maybe give some people some background on what you think of when you think of your younger golfing self and how you got to become a scratch. Yeah. Well, yeah, because my older brother, Joe, played at Iowa State and played on the Canadian tour. He was the one who started. My dad got his, him into it. And then it's like, well, I got to go do it too, right? And then Mike's like, all right, I'm going to so go do it. second oldest? <laughs> second oldest. Okay. And I play, played at Missouri State. And then Mike's number three, and he just followed along. And he played at Toledo. And Pat's number four, and just followed along. And he played at Toledo as well. <laughs> so, so that was fun with all that. And that was – um. When I think about those those days, you think about all the fun camaraderie, the competition, practicing, doing everything together, <laughs> practicing together, working out together, van rides, bus rides, you know, mm-hmm. my parents driving us to podunk, you know, towns to play in these tournaments, you know, and it was really fun, great memory. But it's interesting, have you, I've, I've thought a lot about my younger days throughout my whole life. And, um, you know, you hear the thing especially as you get older, especially when you're maybe struggling with your game, well, just play like a child. Play and think like a child, you know, would. And what does that really mean? Now, child means like, you know, like we're not talking teenage. We're talking that, you know, that eight to 12 range, you know, eight-year-old. Look at Charlie. You know, we're call him by his first name, Charlie Woods. You think he has any mental blocks or fears or thinks about, what he needs to be or where he has to go or scores. No. And I felt like, I mean, when I was a kid, I won so many junior tournaments 
and I never, and I just played to, cause I loved it and never thought about the attachment. I never got attached to results. I never got attached to swing mechanics. I never got attached to thinking about high school or college. And I was really, really, really good player. Like I really accelerated quick. So what does that mean? Like how good were you at what age? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, so, you know, in eighth grade, I played in the junior world, you know, in San Diego. Tory Pines. You know? yeah. And I was at steel. Can- so when I was 13, I was playing at steel Canyon. I don't know if you ever played there. It's Gary player design, a little North of, it's kind of more of a desert mountain course. Is that in Palm I Springs? Shot, I'd have to check. It's a great track. Great track. Um, just so I people played, know real quick, sir, the junior world only allows two players per age group per state, correct? Around, usually like in that two to five range. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, and you have to qualify for it. And this is an event, you know, Tigers won a bunch of times, Ernie, Phil, and it's usually 40 countries to represent it. In, yeah. You know, 30, 40 I've states don't matter. I've been there, like when I lived in San Diego to play there, they got all the, yeah. f- the flags um, for every player yeah. is around the putting greens. And I'm, and they were playing on, I it's think, cool. on the south, and we were going to play the north. And I remember seeing all that, these kids. Well, that first year, and when I was 13, I got to carry the Illinois flag in the Parade of Nations, which was really cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, you got your few people representing Illinois, but, um, I shot like 72, 73, 73, 72. And I finished like, I finished 16th. And Ricky Fowler and Philip Francis and Jamie Lovemark and all those guys were at the top. But like, that was kind of a taste of like, okay, you know, I'm not them, but I'm, I'm in it. You know, when you think about like, yeah, a grand stage. And before that I had, you know, won lots of local tournaments and kind of had a lot of momentum going into high school. And, uh, how many tournaments have you won? Well, I mean, I, I probably won, you know, from, I don't know, from fourth grade to senior year of high school, you know, I probably won 20, 18 or 20 tournaments. Holy you shit. Know? I'm yeah. looking at you. Just, totally like at the local. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I'm um, a little starstruck. Yeah, I mean, 18 to 20 tournaments. Time. Yeah. When you play a lot of junior tournaments, you know, <laughs> Give yourself a chance. That's a long year stretch though. But we, I grew up, I started playing tournaments at eight years old. Actually, that's not true. Five years old. <laughs> I played in one tournament. But like eight years old, I played in five tournaments that year. And it'd be like, finally was getting on like the local circuit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just, you're just this fearless kid, you know, and I had a great finish at 16th place, you know, and but I'll say this, Evan, it's, it's, it's tough to look back on a little bit. I remember... I was you're so obsessed with being good and being great. And you can see what the best players are. Mm-hmm. And I remember I finished 16th and I'm on the range at Torrey Pines, actually, because we were all done and we were hanging out. My coach was there. Terrible range, by the way. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> and I was just like, how can I get to Philip Francis? How can I get to Jamie Lovemar? Like, well, you know, do we need to change your swing? Do we need to work on your swing? And I got obsessed with, I was a laid off swinger. Mm-hmm. So it was Ricky Fowler, it turns out. Mm-hmm. I got obsessed with trying to get over my right shoulder, more upright, more, more better plane. And that was not the route I should have went. And then I kind of fought that throughout high school. I mean, I won a lot in high school, and, but I got obsessed, Ev, with what my swing should look like mm-hmm. because of, you know, maybe what others have. 
How when many I should have been in high school. Well, I mean, I won sectionals three, two times. I won regionals three times. I won individual tournaments. And I mean, I won some plantation tournament. I mean, you Jesus know. Christ. But that's there's a million guys like that, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just yeah, but we've never talked you know, about. You should talk to my awesome. brother Joe about what he wants. You know? <laughs> so, um, but um, so you know, yeah, you, 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 you reflect on that, Ev, and uh, and I I think now when I play, I'm much more simple, like I was, like I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. But that gap between, all right, where am I, how good can I be in high school? Where am I going to go to college? Can I can I be a pro? I've got to do all these things when nobody has a perfect golf swing. A lot of guys just embrace what they're good at and get better at it. Mm-hmm. And so I got, yeah, I got lost in paralysis by analysis. So when I think about my younger self, you know, that's part of it. What do you think? First of all, I didn't know that you played in the junior world when Ricky was there. Um, which is pretty cool to the, think about you played yeah. in a tournament, you know, against. I played Ricky in the Fowler. Western junior with him too, not in his group, but, a couple years later mm. in, in Michigan. Yeah. It's so funny how we're like, we're those guys age. Well, yeah. Jamie Lovemark, Philip Francis, Jason day. He won the junior world a couple years later when we were at Tory when I was playing. Yeah. So it's cool. So it sounds like you fell into a trap that a lot of people fall into, especially once you start getting success. Isn't that funny? Yeah. How the minute that when you start getting success, you think about how to get better which then might be changing what got you to the success. It's very counter. It's very silly when you unpack it. Um, It makes sense. It makes total sense. Like I want to unlock every single possible thing. Okay. Well, if there's something in my swing that isn't fundamentally sound that can create some inconsistency, of course I want to shore that up. I want to fix it. I want to get more Mm -hmm. consistent, you know, but uh, that's, so now when you say you play more like you did then, that just means less technical round to round? Oh, totally. More focused on fundamentals, less on hand. Positions. Perfect positions. Got yeah. it. So you still focus on your key, your key, yeah. which I know is your turn, getting into your right hip. Anything yeah. else that you now focus on? Well, I just try to think, you know, when I'm, you know, grip, stance, posture, alignment. Yeah. You know? I started losing track of all that stuff when you're, and it's easy to do, Ev. I'm sure you can dive in too when you're trying to make swing changes, you know, yep. and then you got to go out and play. So, um, and, but you know, and, and people, people around me were telling me you're, you're too technical, you're too technical. And I was too, under, I was too in the, you know, the blinders on because yeah. I knew and it's like just vision what you think you can be but it's not easy. And, you know, we're not Tiger Woods. You can change your swing four different times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you think about all these guys who are some of the great players ever that stick with their move. And it's not, it's not perfect in every aspect. Yeah. The fundamentals are great. They got a great transition move. They work their lower body and they're, and they're fearless. Yeah. You know, before we talk about me, we haven't gone in great detail about your college career. I mean, we've talked about it on the show many times and how I think you were a little disappointed. You fought injuries. You never quite had. I mean, if you, now that I have better context of kind of your junior career, it would have been, it was probably really easy to expect to win a lot in college. 
right? What was that like going from the best as a junior to, you know, yeah, being on a well, team with a lot of guys that are like you? Well, you go from being, yeah, your your top high school player is one of the good, really good top players in the state, and then you get then you get to just your team, and you're just fighting to qualify for the tournament. Yeah. Like, what did so that do for your psyche and your your confidence? Um, I think, I mean, I, I, I kind of knew it going in, that, and I think it pushed me, which was good. But then when you get to those tournaments, Ab, I mean, you got to go shoot, you know, six, eight, ten under to go to win them. And there's just this deep pool of 20 teams. That's intimidating. Mm-hmm. You, there are moments you just don't feel like you belong. It's an interesting adjustment. You know, so you're, you're grinding to qualify for every tournament, you know, during the week just to get in there and you're, and you're trying to beat the hell out of your teammates, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I didn't. So I had a couple moments in college, but it was, it was generally, it was disappointing. It got hurt, got hurt. And I thought I could maybe, did I have to tweak my swing now? Cause my back mm. that got in my head, you know, and, and, uh, but Hey, what a great opportunity. But yeah, uh, college golfs. There's so many guys who are great high school players and even turn out to be pros, but not great in college. It's hard to manage. School, working out, social yeah. life, golf. You know, how let's, to keep your mind focused. You know, let's talk about that for a sec because think about your mindset as a high schooler or, you know, even earlier than that, right? Like playing at a D1 college and competing on that stage was probably all you wanted. Right. You want, obviously wanted to like be a pro and be the best, but like the first step of that would be get a scholarship and play in college. Right. Yeah. But then you get there. Right. And this is what so fascinates me about the mind is we think once I get that scholarship, once I validate that I'm a D1 college athlete, like I'm going to be happy. Right. But then you're in it. And then we're never satisfied. Right. Yeah. That's why we can't be happy based on external factors and external results. So you get there and then you say, okay, well now I want to win. Right. And now you're in a scenario where I bet you from what I've heard, the stories from you and Ryan and, and what I know just about being a college student, I wasn't even an athlete, so I can't imagine, but I can empathize. Um, it probably felt like a grind. You probably lost the enjoyment that yep. you had in high school pretty quickly. Yeah, you always felt bogged down. You always felt behind, just trying to keep everything in line, always on the go. <laughs> just, yeah. And hard, like, but then when you get to that tournament or that qualifying round, can you keep your mind right now? I guess I'll close the loop on this with college. I had a, my second semester freshman year was good. Then I got hurt. Then I kind of struggled for a few years. And then my last year was good. I remember going, I remember it was before the season started, I'm a fifth year senior, and I'm hitting it left. So I go get a lesson, you guy in that. town, which I had done in the past. It's my, my, my backswing, my takeaway. I, I, what do we got to do to fix it? I just said, I can't hit it left anymore. Show me what to do. His name was Rick Neal. I got to learn how to hit a cut. And then he goes, All right. You know, and he got me, we're going to aim left. You know, we're going to kind of swing left. We're going to open up and you're going to hit a five yard cut. And that was all we worked on. He goes, he didn't even bring out video. I go, we're going to do video. He goes, no, 
you don't need it. He goes, I'm sitting there, my head. Well, how, how's my takeaway look? You know, yeah. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. He's like, we're going to fix your alignment. We're going to fix your grip. And we give you, I'm going to give you a feel, you know, glove emblem at, at the target, hold it at the target. So we're hitting a lot of these hold off shots. Mm-hmm. And I played great my last semester or my, I played good my first semester and great my last semester. I was traveling every week, shooting some great scores, 60s, you know, high 60s again. Yeah. It's fun. But it was the mindset of, you know, so we get so caught up in what we think we should be. Mm-hmm. We don't focus enough on the fundamentals and that frees up your mind or just yeah. a thought. Give me a feel. Give me a thought, you know? Yeah. Well, so the, that was, that was a fun way to go out in college. That is you cool. Know, knowing that I, you know, was able to have a success and probably had a tendency to get a little down on the course, not mad down. Yeah. Um, I feel that. I don't do that now at all. I'm really good at just, you know, what we yeah. talk about shrugging it off. Yeah. (laughs) So that would, that would be one thing. Yeah. Well, what you said, you know, I, I don't want to fully compare myself to you because it's a different thing, but I felt like I was on a similar trajectory to you, not to like pat myself on the back, but baseball was my thing, right? I was always one of the best players. I, I even like, I used to read books on how to get discovered by scouts you know, like yeah. all I wanted to do, I loved practicing and that's still the case. You know, I love, I, that was, I think one of the coolest things about my childhood was my dad and I, that was our thing. Like my dad was one of the coaches, my dad, which I think you've, you've probably met before. I, oh, yeah. actually, I don't know if you have, Did you, have you met Larry? Met Larry in St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you know, the sweetest guy and he has like a very process driven engineering mind. So as one of the coaches, he would spend hours and this was, you know, before really the internet, he would basically like research and put together these packets of fundamentals and we'd work on them. And so I knew like every scenario, I knew fundamentals, I knew situational stuff. And I used to love going in the backyard and in our street, and he would throw me grounders and I would just make him like move me as much as possible. Right. My range was really good. Like I used to love making the, the crazy, like Ozzie Smith plays, you know, Heard of him? shortstop I grew up with. Um, and you know, I, it's funny how thinking about relating to our younger self, I think it's easy. And we've talked about this with sports psychologists, with pros, you kind of latch on to like your peak right? And you want to, like, you know that you can get that once you peak. So all you want your whole life is to reach that peak again. And my peak in baseball, and I'll relate it to golf in a second, was uh, we were in the Little League World Series, not the one on TV, but another one. Um, And we were playing this team. They were number two in the country, okay? And I don't even think we were, I don't even know our rank. But we were like the second round. We were playing the number two team in the country. Yeah. And I was playing catcher that game. And I went four for four with three doubles and a triple, seven RBIs. And I threw out the tying run at third to end the game. It was like, wow. I remember thinking to myself after that game, like, that's the player I know I can be. 
This is what it's about. Yeah. Like I could be. And I've worked for this. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I could be this good, you know? And the coaches were like, other team, the coaches were like, oh my God, this kid's like unbelievable. And it probably went to my head. And, you know, I feel like my high school career was a huge letdown. Preseason in varsity, I broke my elbow. The next season, all my friends were playing golf. Yeah. First place I went after my, I got cleared after surgery and rehab was the driving range. And I never played baseball again. But I think I take that same mentality into golf. And I bring that up because, you know, I think this is how a lot of people start the game. I, I had so much anxiety, like yeah. impossible to hit a good golf shot, thinking about the amount of tension I had because I was so used to being an athlete that now it's so embarrassing to make terrible shots, like tops, chunks, like all of it that you start out with. Um, and so looking back, it's a really hard thing to do, but I... I made the game so much harder for myself because I didn't want to have bad shots in front of people, you yeah. know? So I, I remember leaving the driving range before a round, like literally hoping and praying that I didn't have the huge slice that I had on the range. Terrible like, feeling. Just a terrible and feeling. And this is around people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't want others to see this. Right. Yeah. Tough. And I used to, and it's funny. I used to play uh, with my buddy Trevor and his his dad and brother um, at a course called the Bluffs in St. Louis, and that's where I'd always play. Missouri Bluffs, and you know they got high grass and par threes are all two hundred plus yards over like these kind of valleys, and um, you know I just remember like not wanting to lose balls. You know, I just hated yeah. the feeling of looking for my ball and not finding it, never Sucks. getting into a rhythm. <laughs> and it's so funny how the thing that I was holding on to the most was not helping me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was just a constant spiral, constant spiral. But um, I'm technical like you in the sense that I'm not really technical in many things in my life, but I do love tinkering and getting technical with golf. And uh, yeah. I think I focused yeah, too much on, I mean, thinking about that now, from my game now to then, you know, obviously I'm a six now, so it's different. And I want to talk more about like the, the mindset learnings other than just, well, I was starting out. So of course I was worse. My swing got better, but yeah, I, I can fall into the same traps you do. We talk about it all the time via text and phone of like the things I get caught up in now when I play. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here from one of our brand new sponsors, and then we'll get you right back to the show. You're not going to want to fast forward through this one. Trust me. So I was reflecting the other day, guys. Okay. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be crazy if we all had our own caddies, not just a caddy at the club you play at or whatever, but literally your own dedicated caddy playing with buddies wherever. Wouldn't it be sweet if we had a caddy that always gave us the perfect yardage for every shot. They factored in the wind. They factored in the elevation. They factored in how cold it was, right? A caddy that kept our stats, that told you that 90% of the time you miss the fairway to the right, right? So maybe that helps you with their alignment off the tee or maybe club selection. Or a caddy that kept track of your scores, 
right? And told you where your handicap was trending, but also more importantly, told you where your buddies were shooting that week too. You can kind of compete thanks to your caddy for keeping track of it. Maybe even a caddy who, you know, is great with on course, but also happens to be a swing instructor and can look at your swing and say, hey, you're getting a little too inside. Let's get you back on plane, right? 18 birdies is basically your own caddy in your pocket. I'm telling you, it's the number one GPS swing analyzer app in the world. And the app is an absolute game changer. They have data that says for premium users, and I'll get you a free trial as being a Partrain listener. Premium users on the 18 Birdies app, on average, shave four shots off their handicap. Four. How crazy is that? I played with it the other day. And, you know, I don't hit the fairway every time. So the yardages, the plays like yardages, it was a game changer. But more importantly, guys, that's all great. Like your game's going to get better. It's guaranteed. It's in the data, right? And I know you guys care about getting better if you listen to this show. And we're working on your mental game. The par train for the mental game and 18 birdies app for on course and stat tracking and swing analyzing, it's pretty much a deadly combo, right? But I think the coolest part, And the big reason why I want you to download the 18 Birdies app is because I'm starting a private par train group. And look, we get DMs of your scorecards every week. So now it's all going to be in one place. It's going to say who's leading the week in best score, who's leading the week in this stat and this stat. And we got our own little leaderboard. And it's going to be super fun. Okay, so I'm going to get you a free trial of this app. And all you got to do is hit the show notes of this episode and tap the link in those show notes and that'll take you to download the app and join our group automatically so it's super easy it's going to improve your game we don't just promote anything right this is the number one app in the world for this stuff i come from tech so i know a good app when i see it and this is good stuff guys so join us on the 18 birdies train enter your scores improve your game shave four shots off your handicap and let's start challenging each other to get even better in 2022 thanks guys let's get back to the show should we be double downing on our strengths more than we double down on our weaknesses because the natural tendency is like well i'm not that i'm not a great you know i'm not a great driver Mm -hmm. i gotta get so much better at that what's it gonna take for me to get better at that is that a swing change is that is that a feel you know or hey i'm i'm a pretty good putter and chipper well, maybe I should be spending more, even more time there, you know, and not obsessing over the driver. You always want to get better at every part of your game, but th- trying to free up my mind to think a little simpler uh, as, a tro- as opposed to trying to make a big jump, you know, yeah. and I think there's something to that, Ev. And I think that's, if I would have probably thought a little more like that, I think I, I would have found clarity and I would have been even a better player. Your short game, right? You've always had a great short game. Yeah. Did you practice that a lot from an early age? Oh, like, yeah. We'd always start with short game. Then we then we would hit. You know, then we'd go to the range. And then we'd go finish with short game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we're definitely, you know, if we we're practicing for three hours, you know, two hours of it was short game. That doesn't mean there wasn't days where you were hitting a lot of balls. But, um. And a lot of that would start with like drills and uh, for short game. And then, but at the end we'd do games, right? Contests, challenges, specialty shots. Yeah. And 
I don't, you know, we, it's hard, you know, when you're an adult and all our listeners, like when you're practicing, but like short games where it's at, <laughs> it's where it's at. Yeah. Where do you save three strokes around? Well, let me is ask it you off this, the because this is a huge oh, it's thing. Greens. I still struggle with this a lot and I'm excited to see you in Orlando yeah. for the PJ show. Oh, yeah. I want to shoot some video and, and talk more about this stuff, but, um, I struggle with short game because I think I struggle between the like finding my shot, right? So like if I find a feel that I start getting really nice, clean contact, because my tendency is I'll, if I miss hit a chip or a pitch, I hit it off a little off the toe. Um, right. and I never get great contact. So if I, if I'm starting to work on a field that's getting really great, clean contact, then I stick with it. And I think to myself, okay, this is my thing now. Right. But the thing that stuck out to me from when you helped me with short game is you can't have one shot around the greens because the lie dictates what shot you're hitting. Now it's almost let me think about how I can say this so it makes sense. Because I'm constantly trying to find my thing, I have like 12 types of shots that I've usually hit, 12 types of feels with my short game. And sometimes I wonder like, okay, well, if Is that if overwhelming I, for you? It can be, yeah. But what if I took inventory and I knew which shots to play when? Versus this feeling of like, which one am I going to play today? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's almost like instead of looking at them as a burden, look at them as an arsenal because well, I get bogged down. I get bogged down a lot. We talk about this a lot. I don't know if we, as much on the show, but personally, like fundamentally sound and right versus what's working. So like the rolling right. open, you know, feeling really handsy rolling open. I played like that for a while with short game. I actually got some pretty good results with it. Yeah. But then I see things and I'm like, oh, maybe I need to be a little bit more on plane. You know, or I learned something in the swing and I'm like, I wonder how that translates with a short game. And then I realized 95, probably 98% of my time is on the range. And I've never actually fully committed to spending more time with short game stuff. I never have. I think I've always thought to myself, well, once I finally figure out my swing, yeah, I'll dedicate time to the short game. And that's just never, I don't think I'm ever going to never going like to have figured out my swing. And you, and you're not, you're pretty much ever the majority of where do you spend your practice on? You know? Yeah. Now part Why of is it, that though, but is it part of it is I love the range. Like it's very therapeutic to me. It's fun. Sure. Um, it's yeah. invigorating stressor. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think sometimes people but it's don't so, know it's how just, to practice it's, short games. It's so difficult to to change your golf swing, right? <laughs> As you yeah. know, it's so it, it's so challenging to commit to an overhaul. You know, and I think you got to get more away from that, but the short game you can it's much easier to feel, right? Ev? Mm-hmm. Like hand positions, um shifting your weight, you know, where you finish where the face is at, you know, because I remember we were working on a long game or you were working on, you took a lesson. You couldn't figure out how to like, what does it mean to control the face? Yeah. <laughs> I still don't, like, I don't really know. What that I don't feel, but short game, you feel that, right? 
mm-hmm. when you're hitting a pitch, how to like, you know, you can, you feel how, how to manipulate or not manipulate the face. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think for the listeners out there, there should be something really exciting and a little more or less stressful mm-hmm. about working on your short game. You know, I think it's also like looking at that type of practice, because I think, you know, relating it to the, this episode that I think a lot of people can learn from your younger self. You had that foundation, which made you a great short game player today. It's not like you weren't, I'm sure you were born with some good hands, right? But it was probably more so the work and testing shots like i think yeah. a lot of us and, practice and having a coach who had a whole theory on short game <laughs> like, yeah, yeah like yeah but think about the burden we put on ourselves in practice where we don't want to mess up right like jake Thurm, pj tour coach that we've had on the love show jake. that we love that i've worked with he um tim petrovic one of the best guys on the champion oh. store he coaches Anytime he's working on something new, he tees the ball up, even with irons, because he wants to give himself room for error and just feel it, not worry about where it's going. I think short game practice is really important with that, too, because if you think about it, a lot of us probably put down 12 balls and we chip, 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 chip to the same spot. And I don't think that's actually I remember I used to practice that way. And I used to feel anxiety that I hope I can translate. Like, I hope the reps I'm putting in translates to the course. I hope I can remember that feel, that bump and run feel, that pitch feel. But then I was like, I realized years later after doing this show, I'm like, well, it's more about understanding, like, what shots work well when. What feels like what happens when I put my hands here versus there? What happens when I move the face? Here, what happens when I put it back in my stance versus front? What happens when I use 60 versus 56 versus 52 versus pitch versus a nine? Like, and that's a little bit daunting, I think. From uh, well, yeah, people don't know how to do that. Well, I, you know, we used to do my brothers and I used to do contests, like up and down contests. Mm-hmm. Drop the ball in the rough. Got to drop it. You know, every every play nine holes, no fluffing on the line because that's not golf. Yeah, you're in the rough. The ball's you know, maybe two out of two or three out of 10, you get a good line. So that's always a big thing. Like you need to, you need to simulate what's actually happening. But Ev, we talk about that being in the trees a lot, right? And you've talked about how your mind frees up and you really focus mm-hmm. and you really impress yourself with hitting these great little worm burners, right? Or around the yeah. trees because you're facing the challenging situation and you just lock in and figure it out that's what i would say with chipping and chipping that way practicing that way drop the ball bad light oh shit what am i gonna do and you just kind of get in there and you just kind of feel it right with your hands with your feet yeah and you're like and more often than not all right i gotta take it up a little steeper i gotta pop gouge it right mm-hmm. and so i think there's a translation there right um you know, as you kind of compare your experiences and where you are on the, on the course. Yeah. And you can, you know, from a mental standpoint too, I'm going to kind of do the reverse for a second. Instead of thinking about our game now, thinking about where we started, you know, for me, we kind of had the opposite start. Like I had a lot of anxiety yeah. starting out. I think you had a lot more freedom mm-hmm. starting out. 
your anxiety kind of came later as you got better and expectations rose. Um, whereas me, I started to kind of free up. Granted, it was different. You're playing on the college stage. I'm playing with buddies, but still, um, I think the short game practice topic is an interesting one because if I think about my career, my golfing career up to this point, it's kind of funny how I expect to get up and down, but I don't really invest in it. You know, I don't really. Would you spend have told your? Time. Would you have told your younger self in like college or in high school to spend more time on short game? Because I think For you sure. understand. Yeah, you understand. I don't it. think I understood how to do it. I don't right. think I made it fun. But if you think about freeing yourself up, how do I free myself up? How do I worry about missing less? Well, the more confidence you have around the greens, you can go out there and be like, okay, if the day, if today I don't have it then I'll it'll rely on my short game. If I do have it, great. Yeah. When I was playing, you know, you know, oh, when I play good golf, even now, I miss a green. I'm like, yeah, probably not. I can get them down. Yeah. That's, it's like this really nonchalant, like, eh, yeah, bunker. Yeah, look at that. I can get them yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> but but you don't have that those thoughts. And, and granted, do you get them down every time? No. But you don't have those thoughts if you haven't put in the work, right? Yeah. yeah. And you still can, you know, or just carve out that, those practice sessions, you know? Yeah. I've also noticed too, this is getting a little technical, but just for fun and while I have you, uh, I've noticed there's like two different types of feels around the greens. One is like, I feel like my hands aren't in it at all. And the club is doing the work. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of like, it's a little bit more like shifting weight, big body. And the club is kind of just moving. The other one is like, it's very stable. Well, this is interesting. And, and my arms are doing, you know, I can feel like my arms are one with the club. It's a little bit more. Does this make sense to you? The, the yeah. differences? Yeah. What do you, do you play with both? Is, is it, it right? feels kind of like whippy and like the club's kind of like doing its own thing or you feel very as, stable. When as you, it relates to short game or long, or long short game? Um, well, it could be both, but let's start with short yeah, game. Yeah. Short game. I'm generally more of a kind of a handsy mm-hmm. uh but but that doesn't mean there's not shots where i eliminate hands there are yeah but um i, I your your term whippy a little bit yeah yeah i would say i'm a little more like that you know but okay. there's a lot there's a lot of people who don't teach that right yeah. and want more really big muscles um i've kind of i learned a little bit more with my hands and my wrists yeah so because i've noticed with that with the whippier feel it's easier to be committed. Because, why do you, why do you, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Because I feel like it, the club kind of takes care of it, right? If it's whippy, it's going to be carrying enough momentum. Whereas if I start to get pretty armsy um, and feel like I'm really stable, yeah. it's easier to decel. It's easier to hit it a little off center. Yeah. So like, that's the type of stuff that is like, instead of leading with practice with judgment, you know, that you have to like, I just watched a video the other day with Tiger with Butch years ago where Tiger was working on because his hips fired so fast. Is this on with Peter Kessler, Golf Talk Live? I think so, yeah. He's in and the he white talked about, mock, yeah. He talked about his, hand, his arms going through in front of his body. Now, uh-huh. that wasn't real. That was more feel. Yep. But he had to work on that for a year. Yeah. Right? And a lot of that us part work of on something for 20 minutes and think that change. we can take it to the course. Short game's a little different, but still, like, 
that I think the the lesson here is to take things into practice without expectation that they're going to be perfect and that you're going to get it right away and see what feels better, see what works right. for you and try a lot of different stuff. Right. And just because you're working on a swing change of some sort doesn't mean that has to be your whole practice session. Yeah. You, you just kill yourself, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to do it for 30 minutes and I'm going to reserve that 30, next 30 minutes to putt and chip. But so often not, we spend the whole time just, you know, trying to hammer it out. But then you're, you're neglecting the most important part of your game, mm-hmm. which is scrambling and scoring, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, yeah, yeah I think good. If I think back to, you know, since playing golf for now 16 years, I think I played the game of golf with a lot of, like, I have to energy. Like, a lot of hanging on, I have to get this swing right. I have to play better. I, I have to get yeah. to a, a single I have vision, to, man. You know? And now, I think I'm playing in a way that's, like, I get to. Um, but I think I'm going to make a proclamation on this show right now. Which Here we is, go. I'm going to keep working on my swing because I, I want to, I've, I, I want to get better. You know, I want to get more consistent. I want to have a one way miss, but I'm going to start investing more time. I think in my short game, um, yeah. and see what that, like, I really want to see, and we can maybe document it throughout this next year, um, of like, what happens to my score? What, what happens to my score? If I'm going to Westchester range every week, and instead of just spending an hour on the range, what if I do 30-30? You know, or what if I do 40-20? Yeah. yeah. And see what happens. I think, I think you might see some good things. I like this. A little goal for 2022. Yeah. So I'm kind of relating what I've, like, looking back, doing this reflective exercise of, like, how much anxiety I had starting the game and how much I'm trying to be perfect and how technical I can get. Um. You know, my best rounds usually come from when I'm focused on one thing physically and I just kind of find the ball and I do it again, you know, and uh, it's funny. I've been spending so much time on the swing. I've realized I don't spend enough time on the short game. So I'm going to I'm going to focus more time and hopefully help document some of the learnings there. And hopefully people can learn from you, too, because you're. You got a great short game. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a great episode. I mean, looking back, you know, you want to, everybody, everybody's going to generate an identity as they get better at golf and they're going to have, they're going to find some strengths, double down on them. Doesn't mean don't work and think about your weaknesses, but don't get obsessed with overhauling your weaknesses, Mm -hmm. but get interested in doubling down on your strengths Mm. and you're going to get better that way. We're not perfect. We all have our own games. Find a way to get in the hole. Yeah. It's easy to lose sight of it. But that's why we're talking here. That's why we do this show, Ev. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. this was uh, helpful for you guys. If we've added any value, um, definitely give us a follow at the part train, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. But more importantly, if we've done anything for your game, tell your story on Apple Podcast Reviews. Give us a review yeah. so other people can see your story. Hopefully hop aboard as well. This is a community. Tell their story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no matter where your game started, no matter where it's at now, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're doing well, what do they got to do no matter what? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care.